background information is going to help us understand the concept of anger. That our sages say that someone who's angry is likened to an idolater. Now, obviously, here we're not referring to someone being angry as a tool to stop another Jew from sinning. Because this is what God wants. In other words, when God puts you in a situation that you see another Jew sinning, and you can use anger as a tool to keep this Jew from transgressing, that is what you're supposed to do. But that's, of course, anger then is only the tool if you can keep the transgression. But if you can't change the situation by your anger, as in the case we're discussing here of one person is trying to pray with a lot of intention and devout concentration, and this Gentile is talking to you and disturbing you, your anger isn't going to stop him. So why is God doing this to you? Why is God having this Gentile disturb your prayers? Well, only in order that you should strengthen yourself by concentrating even more deeply on your prayers from the very depths of your heart with such intense concentration that you don't even hear him talking. Which means, in essence, that his talking helped you because his talking is stimulating you to pray better, which, of course, is God's point in the whole situation. Now, obviously, to do this, you need a lot of arousal, a lot of spirituality, a lot of focus. And the Rebbe says, to get this arousal, to reach this point, you can think about the subject itself. You could meditate this idea, the descent of the divine presence, how the divine presence descends, that a spark of its radiance is vested with an evil, in a state of evil, to animate it. And the spark of this is now vesting itself in the speech of this Gentile, who's uttering words to disturb your prayer. Everything is parallel. So the supernal speech is vested in ultimately the speech of this person who's trying to disturb your prayers. This is man ruling over man to his detriment. That we're temporarily giving control to, so to speak, the evil man, the forces of evil, over the sacred man, over the forces of godliness. But this is to his detriment, meaning this giving the forces of evil more power is to ultimately invigorate and vitalize your prayers. And if you think about all this, it will give you the inspiration to do this. Now, if we would read this inside, this is a concept. If you remember the Baal Shem Tov, that the Alter Rebbe is defending, that people are criticizing what the Baal Shem Tov wrote, so the Bashamto didn't write anything down himself. This is his students. And when they explain this concept, they didn't use exactly precisely the correct word because the Bashamto taught his Torahs in Yiddish, not in the Holy Tongue. They were written in the Holy Tongue. And generally the compiler was trying to transmit the content, not the precise terminology. And therefore here he made a mistake because he used a word in Hebrew Sharsa, which means to dwell, be abiding within the Gentile, that the spark of godliness is dwelling within the Gentile, which is not correct because the dwelling would imply a revelation of the spark of godliness, which isn't what's happening. 
And really, a better term for it is nislapsha, became vested. Nislapsha, becomes vested, means it's vested in a state of exile. And this is, of course, the point that we're saying here, that in the Gentile, there's a spark of God, but it's in a state of exile, and therefore being able to be utilized to disturb on the surface this Jew's prayer, which is, of course, a tremendous, tremendous exile. Then a person could have another, so to speak, argument on what the Lashem is saying and saying, wait, we're talking about a tiny spark of the divine presence. Why are we calling it the divine presence? But we see that her terminology does this. For example, we see examples where angels, that's even less than a spark of the divine presence, are referred to by God's name. We see it in the verse in the Torah where Abraham said, Lord, don't pass by your servant, which according to Nachmanides was a reference to the angels. In another verse in the Torah, Hagar called the name of God who spoke to her, which, of course, these were angels that spoke to her. So we see here, if angels can be called by God's name, which is not God at all, then surely a spark of the divine presence could be called the divine presence. So these two points that I've been saying here are to respond to the details that people could have a question on how it's written, this teaching of the Baal Shem Tov. But everything we did thus far is the whole explanation on a very deep level of the true meaning and intent of the concept of the Baal Shem Tov, of how God is vested, even in these forces of evil, ultimately to bring us closer to God.